Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Central Virginia Fishing Report with Ethan Martin at Tail Tellers Fly Shop. How you doing, Ethan? I'm doing great today. How are you doing today? As always, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble and, um, you know, looking at your weather, you know, it's been warm and I know you've got some rain. It's recording kind of early in the week, um, but it's going to kind of dry out and kind of cool off, but not super cool. What should folks expect to see on the water? Well, our, our trout bite has still been really good up in the mountains. I mean, almost everybody that I've talked to that's been up there, um, except for, you know, some guys who's like never fished before. Um, have done really well catching brook trout. It's been dry fly time here for, uh, I mean, a couple of weeks now. It's been really solid. So it's kind of nice. I mean, this is the time of year that most people are dreaming of, and I'm always wishing there was more of because we've had really good uh, trout. The smallmouth stuff has been kind of hit or miss. I mean, there's been big fish caught, don't get me wrong, um, but it's not like usually huge number days. And then had the striper run, so... You know, spring is just one of those times. I mean, even like I got pictures this morning, the guys that fished uh, a largemouth little lake and caught some really large um, female fish that were on bed. So it's this is just the time of year that, you know, I wish it would stay <laughs> for two or three months or maybe eight months, you know. Yeah, although I know you're a big fan of farm pond fishing, so that's right around the corner. That is true. You know, I, I do fish a lot of little lakes, but I mean – Basically, looking towards this week, almost everything is going to have good water flows. And it, even, you know, we got a shot of rain, um, but it, now that we have, like, all the leaves back on the trees and everything, um, at least for the most part, not all our mountain streams do yet, but um, those are going to start soaking up more water, especially because we haven't had rain in a little bit of time. Um, so we're definitely going to be dealing with some lower water. Um, well, maybe not necessarily lower water, but lower than what is average for the springtime um, here in the next couple of days through this weekend. Um, so where that's going to affect you in some ways, it makes like trout fishing easier because um, you don't have all of the like higher flows to deal with. Um, but in other ways, uh, particularly like smallmouth and everything else, as soon as it gets lower and clear, um, you know, that, that can make things a little bit more difficult, but we're not there yet. We're just, I'm giving everybody a heads up, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So on the trout front, right? I mean, you're still getting good hatches, probably oranges and yellows are the, are the name of the game, right? Yep. Yeah. That like orange, yellow, I've seen like a couple of people have said that they've seen some of the yellow sallies. Um, and, but that is right around the corner. And honestly, a lot of the people that have been coming into the shop, I've been giving them more of those like Jaeger's four and nines and yellows, um, some like orange or yellow simulators and elk air caddis, uh, and those have already been starting to catch fish. So like you said, it's definitely the trending that way. Um, and, and I'm a big fan too of like the dry dropper presentation. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll throw, uh, you know, a brighter attractor pattern and a nymph off that. But if they do frequently hit that dry fly and prefer it over the nymph, which does happen, then, I mean, I'm not opposed to putting two dry flies on. And when you do that, I mean, throw a brighter pattern and then add like a, a darker or maybe a smaller pattern. Then you can really key in, you know, and see which one they prefer. Um, and most of the time in our areas, it's whichever one is bigger and brighter, which is great <laughs> in my yeah. opinion. So I uh, don't go for the size 18 gray uh, parachute atoms. 
Well, you know what? You can if you want to, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And so on the smallmouth front, right, probably hasn't warmed up enough to even really think about consistent top water. But, you know, what should folks do if they want to go chase some smallies? That's been kind of weird in terms of the water temperatures because we've had, like, super warm days. I mean, on Monday, it was, like, 90 degrees here in Lynchburg. And then, like, three days prior to that, you have, like, 40-degree day with almost 30-degree temps at night. So, you know, it's one of those things, bass are they're somewhat temperamental creatures. I know everybody likes to think of bass as, like, you just plop something in front of it and they just automatically inhale it. And maybe that used to be true, but um, from my experiences with the fly in particular, that is not the case. Um, so most of what's been working has been crayfish patterns or like bait fish just like slowly brought across the bottom. Uh, and occasionally you'll get one that'll eat like a, a game changer or something like that stripped a little bit faster. Um, you know, when that's going to work or when you're going to find a difference. Well, that kind of just depends on the day. So like for me, I would be willing to throw both. Um, and I would start throwing something that's a little bit faster paced. Um, so like a game changer or a, a dungeon or something like that. And then if I'm not getting hits, then I would switch over to sort of that low and slow crawl across the bottom. Um, and I know guys have had good number of days like up on the Shenandoah. Uh, but, you know, looking at the James itself, um, it's it has been a lower numbers, um, which is pretty much, you know, always the case with the James compared to Shenandoah, but that's a whole nother subject. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll save that one uh, for another day, but I do have a really interesting question for you from Avery. Um, and he wanted to get your thoughts on leader formulas for leaders that turn over quickly for like tight fishing situations and brushy areas. Oh yeah. Yeah. I figured that this question was coming because um, we've been talking a lot about leaders uh, in the shop, Avery and I. And um, so one of the things like about me personally is I'm, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to all of the, the gear and technique and all that stuff. And like, I'm always trying to tweak things and adjust them to make them better. Um, and so what that kind of lends itself to, especially, you know, as you go down the rabbit hole fly fishing is working on leader and figuring out like, how leader can can change your your casting. I mean, everything really, like how the fly lands, um, how long you have to pause, you know. So, you know, when it comes to the most simple answer for something like uh, tight brushy streams, how can you make your fly turn over? The easiest answer is you're looking for a leader that has uh, a heavier or a more thick uh, or more hard butt section. So like the section that goes to the actual fly line and then, you know, a traditional or just a normal taper to the fly itself. Uh, and usually that's like seven to eight foot. I do know some guys that have used like nine foot leaders, but so like, you know, if, if I'm like a person who I don't want to tie my own, what I would do is scientific English makes a leader called absolute uh, Creek trout leader. And those are designed exactly how I just said. Like the, the butt section of them is thicker, so it transfers the energy from your fly line to your fly a little bit easier than like just a traditional absolute trout leader. Um, or, you know, that's the, the package name on them. So where it gets kind of funny is like I was telling you, I, I like 
tying a lot of my own leaders um, when I can. And I, I kind of go in and out of that. Like, so when it comes to the, the trout side of things, I almost always use a, a stiffer butt section. So like 30 pound uh, or, or 25 pound, but most of the time I'm using like 30 pound leader building um, material. And that's either like Maxima Clear or just Umpqua makes some, Scientific English makes some. Um, and I'll taper that down in, usually it's like foot long increments to get it to where it's like 30 pound, which is my first foot, 25 pound, which is my second foot. And then where I get to that third section, a lot of times that's where I'll make that the third section, like 20 pound of two foot. Um, and so what that does is it, it keeps it like, a stiff butt, um, but you've got just a little bit extra of that 20 pound. Whereas, you know, a package right off the shelf, uh, it usually doesn't progress like quite that long from 30 to 20 over the span of four foot. Um, it's usually a little bit quicker than that. Again, this is where, you know, stuff gets a little nerdy, but the main time that I like doing that, so back up, basically from, from that 40 to the, the 20, um, what I end up doing with that is from the 20 on, I'll just do like foot long ish increments, maybe even like eight inches to get to my tippet material. Um, and so for me, what I adjust more than anything is the, the butt section more so than the other end of it. Um, because I kind of like running a dry dropper most of the time. And so what, what I end up doing is my overall leader length is seven and a half foot or eight foot. Um, but I don't tie my dry fly on at that seven and a half foot mark. What I usually do is I'll tie my dry fly on 18 inches or maybe 16 inches up from that mark. So I might have my, from tip of the leader to fly might only be like six foot. And then my nymph makes up the, the remainder. So maybe 15 inches to get to that, like, or whatever that is, 18 inches. Um, to get to about the point that I like for my small stream is. Um, so that, that is where I vary some, and it's just something to think through. Like you buy a prepackaged leader right off the shelf and it's a seven and a half foot leader, or maybe it's a six foot leader and you tie a dry fly on it and then you add another foot and then you tie your nymph on, or you add two foot and put your nymph on. Um, then you've got this leader that's like nine foot long or nine and a half foot long. And you're trying to cast in these little tiny streams. Um, so I guess the bullet points for how I like my leaders to be is usually shorter um, in the range of about seven and a half foot, uh, sometimes a little bit less, uh, and that's total length. So from where my fly line is to where my nymph is, I like that number to be about seven and a half foot. That's your first bullet point. Second bullet point is I like the, the material to be a little bit heavier in the butt section. Um, rather than like a slow progression trending more on the light side. The heavier it is, the easier it's going to turn over. Um, downside with that is it will cause your fly to slap the water a lot more. Um, so sometimes people like that, but for the most part, um, that's not as desirable, I would say. Book um, out a little different because I, we were talking, you know, earlier, um, there was been a couple summers or particularly like early summers where you get a big storm and that would cause this huge push of water. Uh, and so I would grab these pretty large foam patterns and, 
if you slapped it on the water, like the bug. And I guess because, you know, it's like a they're in this roaring environment. And uh, if you slap that bug down in that high water, I mean, almost every time it was an instantaneous fish would come up. But if you placed a really little dry fly or like size 14 or size 16 parachute atoms, it was like they didn't care about it. And the main thing I could think was they just couldn't feel it as much. Um, and so what I ended up doing, which you, anybody can already see is coming, is added a bigger fly um, and, you know, a big foam fly that actually splatted really well. And then I wanted to make it splat with even less energy by me so my fly does everything. And that's where the leader comes into play because the leader is what's going to transfer a lot of that uh, energy. Um, and so, of course, you know, you can cast or stop harder and that'll cause it to splat. But so, yeah, that would be the, the next thing. It's just your tempo is going to control some of how a leader reacts. So, like, the leader setup that I like, it works for me because that's how my casting style is. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I'm going to hand Avery or you, you know, my rod, and you're going to be able to just do or act uh, or cast the exact same way with me. So if you are looking at uh, getting into the leader building game, and you want to invest the time in the nerdiness that clearly I've just revealed a bit of, <laughs> um, then I would say, you know, learn what works for you. Um, and you might find that, you know, something acts a little bit differently. Maybe you add two foot of 40 um, pound, which I, I played around with that some. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of went on a little tangent there. <laughs> no, it's all good. And, I, you know, it's funny. I mean, the, the only other thing I would add is to look at the casting piece of the puzzle too, right? And so, yep. you know, I would think about bow and arrow cast, and there are tons of videos on YouTube. I think there's a really good one with Joe Humphreys. Um, I would also say practice if you're in tight spots, you know, a back casting room, you know, practice, um, how you can tighten up your roll cast loops so that they don't flip open and hang in the trees, um, above where you want your fly to go. And then I think the third thing I would say on the casting front is really practice, uh, casting off the vertical plane so that you can back cast through a hole in the brush behind you and deliver the fly if that sidearm or or, you know, anywhere between, you know, 12 o'clock and three o'clock. Right. So. Yep. And, and I think a big part of that too, is just getting out fishing because I talk to a lot of people that they want to get better. Uh, and so then they sit and all they do is they read books and watch YouTube videos and you know, that's what they do. And then when they get out and fish, they don't know their left hand from their right, you know, like, and that's because it's just the experiential knowledge that you gain when you actually go out and do the thing, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, especially this time of the year, like we're looking at some prime conditions. Um, and so I would definitely just say, if you want to get better, then one of the best ways to do it is grab a leader. Don't even think about all the nerdiness to start and just go out and start fishing. And then once you've done that, then, you know, tweak accordingly. But for sure, obviously the, the first thing I say is, just go fish. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. And you know, folks, we love questions on the articulate fly. You can email them to us. You can drop them in the comments on our social media posts, or you can DM us on social media, whatever's easiest for you. And if we use your question, I'll send you some articulate fly swag and we will enter you in a drawing uh, for something cool from the shop at the end of the season. And Ethan, before I let you go and eat banana bread, uh, you want to let folks know shop location hours and all that kind of good stuff. Oh yeah. So shop is located in main street of lynchburg virginia 
Um, we've got classes, you know, all the equipment, gear, fly time stuff that you could possibly be interested in. Um, and if you can't make it down to the shop, then you can always find us at tailtellersva.com or you can contact us on any of the social media platforms and uh, we can help you answer questions, you know, maybe learn more about something that I was talking about you know, tonight in the podcast um, or, you know, help in any sort of way that we can help. So, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, listen, folks, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Ethan. Tight lines.